Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, Episode 8. I am your host, Mystical Jericho, and today with us again is Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing great today, man. Happy to get rolling. Nice, and we're going to hop right into it. Today we are covering GCW Settlement Series Part 1. And this is actually Part 1 of an eight-part series that uh, GCW will be doing eight shows on IWTV, fulfilling their contract that they had with them. And uh, this was one of the more entertaining shows that they've done recently. This kind of had like the little backyard wrestling feel as it was a lot of comedy, a lot of... uh, more focus on entertaining the fans mm-hmm. other than the in-ring uh, action that we usually get. But I found the show very entertaining. It was from the Richfield Park Knights of Columbus Center. And it was, like I said, very entertaining. Uh, we had the first match of the night, Nick Wayne going against Dylan McKay. And this was the discovery phase of the trial. So GCW kind of laid out how they were on trial. And they played a bunch of uh, old court themes. And none of the wrestlers <laughs> came out to any of their music. They all came out to old... Uh, TV series that uh, involved the uh, uh, Law and Order. I don't know which uh, TV show they were the, the da, 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 like they you know like that entrance, but um, they had a lot of Law and Order kind of themes, and uh, it was a very fun first match, and especially being the discovery phase. It was uh, two perfect competitors in the discovery phase of the trial, as it was Nick Wayne and Dylan McKay, two young and up and coming stars looking to be discovered in the independent wrestling scene. Uh, John, what did you think of this match? Right off the bat, it was really cool to see this discovery. What was it? The trial phase. I'm sorry. Uh, no, discovery phase. This one was the discovery phase. Okay, yeah. I was actually looking down here at my screen because I have the GCW. I actually have it playing in the background here, <laughs> and I'm actually a couple couple ahead on my video. So I looked down, and I saw trial phase. I went, no! Uh, really, when it came to this, it was a lot of real wrestling. It was not surprising, but very nice to see these two young guys go at it. Um, you can't go wrong with Nick Wayne, Dylan McKay. He's always going to deliver. The pacing was nice between these two young guys. It, it, I don't know where to start and I don't know where to begin. There's not enough good words. There's not enough where I can't say incredible. I can't say awesome over and over and over. It's just, it was an excellent opening match. It was really nice to see, you know, both Wayne and Dylan after the match kind of hugging. There wasn't incredible high spots worth mentioning, but there were a lot of high flying moves, a lot of chain wrestling. It was a great uh, 11 minute starter. And then at the end we had Nick Wayne as the winner and then fans sang happy birthday to Nick Wayne. And they kind of had that cheesy happy birthday music that I think they used for Joey Janela the night before. Right. Yeah, I don't think it was the night before, maybe the week before. We're uh, a little behind on this series, so I'm trying to catch up. I think it was the week before, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I think it was the same music that they played for Joey during uh, their summer road trip uh, series that they did prior to this. But yeah, I think overall it was a good little opening match. Everybody's happy. Nick Wayne, our boy, with the win. And uh, on to match number two. Yes, Nick Wayne ends up uh, defeating Dylan McKay with the clout cutter. For the second match of the evening in the discovery phase as GCW is on trial, we have Big Vin going against Austin Luke. And this was a pretty 
easy, quick squash match for Big Vin. He kind of just tossed Austin Luke around. I was, uh, when I was watching this and I saw the ending of the match, I was like, okay, this was just a big discovery phase for Big Vin. <laughs> uh, thoughts on the match, John? Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. This definitely was the discovery phase for Vin. I absolutely loved it. Physical dominance right out the gate. It, you're it also a smash ma a squash match. I really enjoy these when uh, when you get these every now and then. Luckily, what was nice was they didn't pick a small, small guy in Austin Luke. They could have picked smaller. So it was nice to see them pick a moderate to small guy versus just, you know, a little string bean coming in the ring. Each move that Vin did, they made sure, well, Austin also made sure that there was tremendous impact. Uh, he showed a lot of uh, athleticism. I was really happy with the fact that if this is the discovery of him, he's got a long way to go. I think he's maybe, I, I would assume late 30s, maybe early 40s with Vin. But overall, I think it was just an enjoyable and athletic four minutes from Big Vin. Yes, I love it when you said uh, Big Vin's athleticism. I love when he carries outside the rink. He's like holding uh, the rest in the crossbody position, and then it does the backflip over the ropes and squashes him as they go into the ring. Yes, that's uh, my favorite Big Vin match, and I like seeing Big Vin get some wrestling time in. Seems like ninety nine percent of the time we see him, he's always setting up the fuckery in these GCW shows. <laughs> so it's uh, nice seeing him get some in ring time and show showcase his talent in that uh, form as well. But uh, be, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you know what? I didn't have much more to say, but I would say, you know, when you ever see someone like that, there's those big, yeah, big guys out there really kind of paying their dues and whatnot. I mean, any anybody, but especially big guys, because they're I'm a big guy. So I kind of have that, you know, they're they're deep in my heart, you know, and I uh, I was really happy to see another big guy come into the scene. I haven't ever seen him wrestle before. So that was a treat for me. Yeah, like most of the time to see him wrestle, we've usually seen him on these JCW shows or the backyard shows. Um, I believe he won the kickoff uh, battle royale at the Hammerstein show on the world of GCW, if I'm not mistaken. I think I remember, yeah, I think I remember he won. I was like, that's awesome. Like a nice little, he's not saying that he doesn't deserve it, but as much hard work as he probably has shown Brett and the GCW brass behind the scenes, as well as his loyalty and always being out there, making sure all these death matches and these crazy contraptions during these death matches are set up properly and make sure that all these wrestlers and performers get out of those matches as safe as possible so mm -hmm. it's very nice seeing a little kickback given to big vin at the ha hammerstein show as well as this show here as well and then uh big vin picks up the victory with a choke slam in four minutes and shows his dominance in the discovery phase the last match of the discovery phase for the gcw settlement series before we get to the third batch of the night, Jordan Castle comes out to the ring. He's going to be the new ring announcer for the rest of the night. It was a little side point on that, too, was uh, Jordan Castle representing L.A. Fights, which is kind of a JCW's uh, arch nemesis, and he is in JCW territory. So that was a little interesting caveat. I like how they kind of added that into the match or into the night and uh they treated uh, Jordan apropos and booed him since he's uh, representing LA Fights. And Jordan comes out, describes how the rest of the night will work with the wrestlers settling their disputes in the ring as trial by combat. 
and he announces the judge for the evening, one of the judges, and it is Effie. And Effie comes out wearing the judge gown, wearing a 19th or 1800s probably wig, and he just looks like a character, and he is absolutely the character of the night for me, as I believe he uh, killed the show. He was awesome. Got to see him in a more comedic uh, outlook, and just his facial reactions and the stuff that he says during these matches and before and after those matches. Uh, this was a bright spot for me of the night is Effie as a judge thoughts on Effie as the judge, John. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I expected nothing initially. I really didn't think there was going to be too much to this show, let alone much, much Effie. Honestly, I really didn't think there was going to be too much of this. Uh, then he comes out dressed as a judge. Everybody's cheering. He's his natural, happy self. He's one of those guys, when you look at him, you can tell there's something funny brewing underneath that hat at all times. So, you know, he comes out. He's got the gavel. He's got the whole thing. And it was just, okay, Judge Effie. Still at this point, don't know what to expect. Don't know how this trial thing's going to go. You know, it's a Sunday morning. I'm just waiting to see exactly what's going to happen. Luckily, Effie really makes this show. Yes. And I know I just said it, but uh, as you just said as well, Effie to me was the star of the show. Um, he carried it with his charisma, his character, his facial reactions, as you brought up like off camera. They had a pretty cool camera where the judges were sitting, right? Yes. Yeah, they had a 45 degree angle kind of camera just off to the side there. So every time you would see Effie say something or do something, and again, you can tell when he's thinking, you can kind of see the, ex he, he doesn't hold back any facial expressions, but that, that camera right there really did bring out more of him than I think uh, I expected. And it was so nice to see. And then we'll, we'll get to it later, but eventually Allie comes out and the same thing. She's expressive. She's, she's kind. She's nice. She has her little emotions that really she shows on her face also. So it was nice to have two of the more, if not the most charismatic people in GCW right there on camera for quite a bit of time. Well said. And like, uh, uh, you just said as well, those were two perfect wrestlers or performers to be the judges of the show presiding yes. over every single case of the night. So going into the third case or match of the night, this is the start of the trial phase. And we have Ellis Taylor going against Charlie Tiger, two members of young, dumb and broke trying to settle their disputes by trial by combat in the ring. The trial is about Char uh, Charlie Tiger is being called whack by Ellis Taylor. Ellis Taylor blames, uh, or Taylor then starts blaming Ellis for him taking all the losses during the tag matches. So two tag partners not getting along currently and passing the blame back and forth to each other. And the contest was a normal match. It was a, fun way to start off the trial phase as you got like you said or as i said uh tag partners going against each other trying to settle the dispute in a friendly manner um yeah what else happened so, in this match so i think same with you i think overall it was a good match they really wrestled like they knew each other you could see that from the beginning a lot of the exchanges quite a few of the moves you could tell i mean from somebody that's watched it for quite a while they're very complimentary with each other so they were 
they were working really well together as two people should who were trying to like sell a suplex or try to make you know the next move look better than the last one yeah, they were natural together it went outside of the ring just in a shoot in a few uh, short bursts a few times they did their business and came right back in there were no brawls you know into the seats that much of uh, there wasn't one two minute sections where they were trying to be asked to get back into the ring by the ref I really did like there was a top rope Death Valley driver by Charlie Tiger. It was about three quarters of the way in. That was really one of the huge high spots that I wanted to mention. This was one of those things where, again, I try to I try to mention more of the high spots than I do anything else. I don't do the play by play too much, but uh, just I don't know if I've seen that move in a while from him. And it was really nice to see that he pulled that off in this match. Yes. And then uh, Alice Taylor picks up the victory by rolling uh, Charlie Tiger up in a small package. So the match is over. And then now we got to get to see what happens at the end of the matches, how the judges rule in favor of the wrestlers and who's going to win the court case as a either defendant or plaintiff. So Effie declares uh, Alice Taylor the winner. He then also declares that <laughs> Tiger owes no damages to Alice Taylor. Uh, Tiger then gets upset, calls Ellis a weasel still, and he wants to appeal the case at a higher court. Ellis Taylor then says he can't afford a higher court, and so they both just end up okay. giving each other a knuckle bump to settle their difference, and that case is closed. For the fourth match of the evening, we have Brandon Catal, a.k.a. Brandon Kirk, going against Too Hot Steve Scott, and Right away, I just liked how they just start making fun of Brandon Kirk. Seems like always he shows up to GCW shows. They always seem somehow, some way to make fun of him. And in this show, they end up calling him by his wife's last name and not his own last name. So that's why they refer to him as Brandon Catal throughout this match. And then Effie gets a little confused on Steve Scott's name. I remember uh, Effie, at the, before the match even started, he goes, wait, is your name... Too hot, Steve Scott, as in like too too hot to touch, or is it too hot, Steve Scott, as in you're too hot to look at? So that was a pretty fun way to, to start off the match, making fun of each other's names. Um, the trial is about how Brandon Catal is being blamed for killing Steve Scott's goldfish while house sitting at uh, Steve Scott's house. Steve Scott claims he wants $100 million in damages. And before the match even starts, we have a goldfish killer chant. And the crowd quickly turns on Brandon Cantal, and Effie declares it to be a trial by combat. What are your thoughts on this match, John? You know, I think love is priceless. $100 million for a goldfish is, is not, uh, it's, it's not too much to ask. I really did enjoy uh, the goldfish killer chant that did go on in the middle of that match. The fuck Gino chant that went on during the match I thought was kind of cool. And that's something I learned about. I did, I like, I was like, who's Gino? Why are they doing this? And then it was, uh, I believe MLJ, I think, said, like, explained uh, why they chant fuck Gino. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's a kind of a Northeastern thing that being out here in the West, I had no idea. But it was kind of good to learn that information from Emil. Yeah. Uh, oh, the uh, Brandon bringing out the goldfish and then suplexing Scott on the goldfish. I mean, total like it was funny heel, but still a funny move overall. And then you were going to mention about how they they actually stopped the match. The wrestler stopped the match and then had to appeal to Effie, right? 
Yeah, so this starts off uh, the first, in the next couple matches, we see a little string of mid-match objections to what's going on during the match. So as the match was going on, as you said, uh, Brandon Catal brings out the goldfish. I kind of like seeing the goldfish as a little <laughs> comedy act instead of thumbtacks, or as we talked about prior, Legos. Uh, this was a yes. nice little like, hey, here's what sick shit we got today. It's crushed up goldfish. And <laughs> especially having the trial be revolving around Brandon Kirk stealing Steve Scott's goldfish. I thought that was a very fun spot. And shortly after that spot, um, Brandon, or, yeah, Brandon calls for an objection. And um, they talk to the ref real fast. And then mm -hmm. the referee was uh, Ryan T. He runs over to the judges table. And like Effie's like, what is going on? What's, what's happening during this match? Like, why are we stopping? What's going on? And uh, FT kind of, or ref Ryan T kind of, uh, whispers to Effie and Effie's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Go back to the ring so I can let the crowd know what happened. So like as the uh, Ryan T's run into the ring, they kind of give him the, Oh, and he slides in They're like, yeah, <laughs> he kind of got a, even a cheer during the match. And uh, Effie then explains to everybody what Ryan T explained to him, which was both uh, defendants and plaintiffs and Steve Scott and Brandon Cattall, they've reached an agreement. They do not want to continue the trial by combat. They both agree to settle. But as this is going on and before Effie can make a decision, Steve Scott then rolls up Brandon from behind, picks up the little victory and Steve Scott has won the match and has won the trial. Effie then orders Brandon to pay $100 million. And also as a little caveat, tells uh brandon that he has to be a goldfish for a year and live as his life as a goldfish on top of uh owen steve scott the 100 million dollars and i guess <laughs> uh, going calling back to the uh the gino i think someone near the end said that was his uh i think it was steve scott said like this one was for gino so i think that was the name of the goldfish as well if i'm not mistaken i might have missed that on commentary or i might have just been making it up but <laughs> have it here in my notes so at some point i must have heard gino was the name of the goldfish and i do think it was at the end now that i'm talking out loud and thinking about it then i remember the crowd started chan chanting uh gino gino instead of fuck you gino which was uh, yeah. how the match started so it was a fun comedy match little interesting Interesting, interesting seeing Brandon kind of in a more comedic match because we usually see him if he is on JCW or any other promotions. He's a deathmatch wrestler. So this was a fun little comedy match. Steve Scott kills it with his uh, selfie cam camera and his cell phone and stuff. So I enjoyed this match. I like the adding of goldfish instead of thumbtacks. Yeah, that was a sick goldfish spot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all I have to say. You honestly summed up everything in that match. It was nine and a half minutes, and you really did. At this point, I can't say much more. You really did touch on every aspect of that match. And before we continue on with the GCW Settlement Series match number five, a new judge has been announced by Effie, and it is Alley Catch. And they are now calling the court where they're sitting the Bussy Supreme Court. So it was nice seeing uh, Bussy and Alley Catch now in getting involved with the judging with Effie. As you said earlier, she came out in the wig and uh, the judge's robe as well. And she was a very nice compliment to Effie. Like you said, the, cares, the two charismatic people that they could put on as judges they absolutely killed it so it was fun seeing Ali catch come out as a new judge with effie 
Yeah, they're really entertaining together. I've, you know, you go to these shows and you'll see sometimes they even call each other sisters. Yes. So, so you know, the closer these guys are, these guys, the closer these two performers are off screen, it obviously shows much more on screen. It's that's a formula that's been working ever since we've had cameras. The more people have that chemistry, the more it shows on camera and, you know, char- charisma and the chemistry between the two charismatic people, lovely. Yes, and that little camera that you talked about where they placed by uh, Effie and Ali was probably the best camera of the night because you got to see all the cool facial reactions from Effie and Ali Catch and hear them up close and see uh, how they want their court to be ran. So in the next match of the night, the fifth match, we have Alex Pri- Alec Price. I always say Alex. Alec Price going against little Marcus Mathers. And Alec Price is suing Marcus Mathers for being a copycat buster and a mark. And he says that's the reason his name is Marcus because he's one big giant mark. Um, <laughs> he wants... He is also suing Marcus for stealing his haircut, and he wants $5,000 in damages. And Marcus looks confused. He's like, what? What is this? What is going on? And Jordan tries to explain to him, like, hey, you're being uh, sued here. And he goes, I don't know what that means. I was just told here and sent here to wrestle, and that's what I'm here to do. And it was uh, very fun hearing them talk about not – how unintelligent Marcus was with our court system and how the court presides and does its proceeding. So that was a fun little callback from commentary making fun of Marcus for that. Yeah. You know, the comedy there with him just kind of playing dumb about the whole situation. It was a cool little way to go. I mean, he's just going, I just, I just want to wrestle guys. I don't know what the hell any of this is. What, what are we talking about here? So yeah, then they're doing that. The match kind of kicks off. I just remember that it was a flurry in the beginning. Move after move, chain. Then we're talking flip here, flip there. And eventually Judge Effie just says, okay, hold on. Stops the match, mid-match, and goes, hold on, guys. You need to slow down. Like you need to that was like 50 moves right there. You guys really need to slow down. Um, Price had some twist looking move. I didn't, it's kind of weird to always say this because you always want to kind of know what you're talking about, but he had some twist looking move. The announcers did not have a name for it. And I wish I could found, find a name for it. I'm actually thinking about looking back at some of his old matches and looking for it. But on the other end too, Marcus, he had so many high spots. I can't name them all. And so really when it comes to having two young guys, it was an athletic match like it should be and um solid just solid overall yeah and that with these two wrestlers young creative super athletic and they do moves or they did a move and mlj or nick knowledge who was the other announcer that was filling in uh, throughout the night if they don't know what the name of the move is uh it's gonna be hard kind of hard for us fans to figure it out but like you said there's just how that match started it was just a hot flurry like of just non-stop action and i just loved yeah how you said effie's like hey slow down here you guys already started the match i didn't even know you guys just started it how about we just do like four moves to start off the match and then i can start collecting <laughs> the evidence throughout the night yeah. that was that was a very hysterical uh part of the match for my, uh, myself and um marcus then calls during the match continuing on the objection he called for an objection the match kind of stops and um he's getting choked by alec at this time and mm-hmm. he says an objection is not a timeout to Marcus. And Marcus says, I'm just here to wrestle, man. And then Effie's like, continue on, trial by combat. So Marcus uh, used an objection and failed. And then later on, Marcus climbs to the top 
And then now Alec called for an objection. And then Alec then accuses uh, Marcus of going to Supercuts to get his haircut, which starts a Supercuts chant. And then he claims that Supercuts <laughs> fucked up Marcus's haircut, which is hilarious. Effie overrules the objection and says that Alex went to that same Supercuts. And the way he said it made it seem like they fucked up your haircut too, so can't have the pot calling the kettle black as they say so it was funny effie calling out alec price on his objection as well yeah you know this was a nine minute match it could have went a couple more minutes the crowd was really hot the entertainment was there there was dueling very loud marcus chance and alec chance during this whole thing uh it was just electrifying overall yes very fun match um I remember Marcus also as well screaming, I love supercuts during that uh, objection that Alec called. So Marcus ends up pick, uh, no, I'm sorry. Alec Price ends up picking up the victory as he hit Marcus Mathers with a flipping DDT. They go to the court. The court rules that Mathers owes Alec $20 and a high five. Uh, Jordan Castle then comes out at the end and catches them on their way back to the locker room and interviews the defendant and the plaintiff. Um, Alec is not happy with the decision. He says his haircut ate from supercuts. That was my horrible uh, Boston accent there. <laughs> Jordan that Castle. was garbage. Garbage, yes, that was a good one. That was garbage. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Castle then gets the high five from Alec instead. Marcus then comes out. He still doesn't know what being sued means. And then Ali then grants amnesty to the first person to bring her a beer after the intermission. So this match sends the show into intermission. And Ali Catch, of course, doing her SGC uh, member as being a member at SGC always wants a beer. So she grants amnesty to anyone who brings her beer during intermission and they go to intermission. We return from intermission, and we have the sixth trial of the night, and it is one Axton Raymond going against Azriel Smith, as the crowd would like to cheer, Mr. Smith. And uh, John, would you like to describe what this court case is about today? Yeah, it's really simple. Mr. Ray there said that Mr. Smith stole Ray's sandwich. And this is a big deal because Ray explained in court that that sandwich was made by Grandma. Now, that's a big deal. He starts going off. And I mean, he was upset about this. He said in there, she put salami, provolone, tomato, lettuce on whole wheat bread with the cuss cut off as he's actually going through each ingredient. The crowd is getting louder and louder and louder till eventually a grandma chant breaks out. Yes. And the grandma chant was huge. I got hungry. I'm pretty sure after intermission, <laughs> all the fans got hungry after hearing that. And Axton Ray killed it with the opening promo right there. Um, Azrael then says, uh, Effie asks Azrael, what is your defense? And then Azrael says, I was helping him cut some weight and have his body look better for TV. Isn't that what we all want? And <laughs> typical Effie then cuts him off and says he will not have any weight slander in his court and says that Axton is thick and it is fine. And to me, that was the highlight of the night for just that line, the way Effie presented it, <laughs> said it, Jordan Castle in the ring was a ring announcer st standing in between Axton and Azrael. He had to like calm himself down. He's like, Ooh, that was a hot statement. Like for me, I went back and rewound that at least five times. I said that to my wife and I heard her as soon as I sent it, I'm listening in, uh, she's in the other room and I could just hear her start laughing. And then she texted me that it was funny. That was the highlight of the night for me. 
Um, what are your thoughts on the match, John? Uh, I did like that at some point. I cannot remember who, but someone said total nonstop action. I thought that was kind of cool. Just a nice little play on words there. There is... I'm going to talk more about Axton in this one. I've seen Azrael quite a bit, but I wanted to just talk about this because Axton, I think, has a very bright future. This show was the show where, including the music, I, I started to really get a feel for who he was. Now I'm starting to really understand him. What I'm starting to see is he's more athletic than he looks, and I don't know how that works, but he really did put a lot of innovative chains together. There's a lot of chain wrestling going on. A lot of it he pulled off seamlessly. It looked really, he makes it look easy. And I know it's not easy. Anybody who's ever tried half this stuff, they know it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, Axon, once again, as you said, the innovative, creative, I've said it many times on these podcasts. He's a one quickly becoming a favorite of mine where I will go out and watch any of his matches on anywhere it is. Luckily, he's being showcased more on JCW and GCW. So I'm glad we're seeing more of Axon Ray. Um, this was a fun little match as well. Um, I don't think there was any minutes. Yeah, it was an 11 minutes of creativity. Asriel also having his ring generalship, and he's got a little control of the match and kind of slowed Axon Ray down. And he was a little smart on some of these innovative moves and had a counter to it, which just shows how long Asriel's been doing it uh, in the independent wrestling scene. And the match pretty much ends with uh, Asriel trying to cheat to win, but then Effie catches it. And says, no, there no be the there will be no cheating in my courtroom. And as he's reprimanding Azrael for this, Axton then rolls Azrael up and gets the three counts, but it picks up on camera that Axton was using some underhanded tactics and was grabbing Azrael's shorts during the three count and trunks. And Effie then says, Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll allow it. And then he allows uh, <laughs> Axton with the victory. He orders them both to go to dinner and settle their differences. But he also orders Asriel uh, to make Axton a sandwich. And it better be as good as grandma's. And Axton then cuts another uh, promo at the end and says that win was for grandma. And as you said, like we haven't really got to hear Axton talk. And this was another no, no. one of these shows where... He, like you get to see something else on his character and build him up. And I think he had a like pretty strong promo, even though it's just labeling ingredients in the sandwich. He, the way he presented it, got it, that sandwich over and to get inanimate objects over to wrestling fans live and in person mm-hmm. is very, very rare to see the one only I can think of Moppy the mop or whatever Perry Saturn used to call his mop. I can yes. think of uh, the plants with Chris Jericho and John Moxley. I forgot the, the, the plant's name, but you don't hear inanimate objects get cheers and stuff. And this uh, GCW crowd was definitely given Axon Ray's uh, grandma sandwich, the cheers and uh, getting the sandwich over as they say in the wrestling business. Yeah, the one thing I want to kind of go, I want to kind of go off just a little bit on this one, but I have to ask, because I think they might match up together, I would like to see Axton and Gringo Loco go at it. I think they both have meat on their bones, but they're both athletic as all hell. At the same time, I think Gringo has a little more experience on him, and I think he would ring General uh, Axton really well through the match. I think that... uh, 
Well, just when it's two big guys that they're athletic, I mean, when when two big chunks of meat hit the mat, I mean, everything that those guys do would probably have more impact. I don't think it's a dream match as much as I just think it's a, a nice little matchup between those guys when it comes to style, uh, body type. It just it, it would be entertaining for me. That is one match. If GCW announced it, I would probably order it on Fight TV. If it's somewhere close, I would go just to see that match because, as you said, when we first saw Axton, I believe it was just a scramble match his first time, and he got to do a couple moves in the scramble match, but yep. he was playing the gringo local role in that match as being the base for a lot of these wrestlers doing their crazy moves and making sure the wrestlers doing the moves are safe to hit, uh, safe performing on him as well as him being safe taking the, the moves and punishment. But him and gringo would be very fun as you said gringo gets a lot out of whoever he faces he makes mm-hmm. he makes them look good asf obviously is the one that comes to my mind because he just makes asf look like a shining star every single time those two are in the ring together but gringo has done it to many other wrestlers as well so him and axon would be a very fun match and i think that would showcase more of what axon ray is really capable of in the ring yeah, the two things I think I want to see from Axton right off the bat is I would like to see him go in a longer match just to see what he's capable of from that side. And then the other thing I would like to see from him, I would like to see how much punishment he could take. I'm not kidding. I would like to see GCW take him out there, maybe have a strong man's match. Okay, I don't think it would be possible to look right, but maybe even up against a Mercer, just go out there and kick his fucking ass. And I'm going to tell you that if he takes a proper ass kicking once or twice and he keeps up with the athleticism that he has, GCW is going to take him in. I mean, fans will just love him. Yes, I think he can go against a gringo go against a Shane Mercer and have great matches against a Yoya or a Nick oh, yeah. Wayne or Calvin Takeman. I think his style and his creativity, like he could put on great matches with a lot of wrestlers. But as you said, him taking punishment on our next podcast, we do, it will cover the JCW great American birthday bash. Um, mm-hmm. Axon Ray gets a match against Speedball Mike Bailey, which is one of those ones where I said, where if you put Gringo and Axon on a card, I'm going out of my way to watch it. Gringo, or sorry, uh, Axon going against Speedball was one of those ones where like, yep, I'm sitting down, I'm getting the popcorn, popping open my drink at this match and enjoying it because those two are going to tear it down. They did, and we'll cover that match, uh, like I said, on the next podcast. But he did take a lot of punishment from that match as well, going against Speedball, and it's just another variation of the wrestlers that he's been put in the ring with to showcase his talents to to showcase his toughness and creativity which is like i said i want to see a lot more of it i want to see a lot more axon ray and uh grandma sandwiches on my tv (laughs) i will i will only close with one last thing only because for some reason i don't know if i want to put him in a tag team with him or what it is but axton reminds me of tony deppin I don't know how, I don't know why. I just think you give that cat 10 more years, he's going to be a Deppin style character where you're going to have to come through Axton to get to get where you need to go. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I just see it. Well, no, that reminded me of a point I wanted to make is um with Axton, we don't really know if he's babyface or heel and like GCW nope. they kind of don't play off of that anyway. It's just hey, make your own decision if you like the wrestler or not, and it's up to the wrestlers to 
display what kind of character they want to be known as and recognized as uh, in the GCW setting. So we've seen a little Axe and Ray, and like I can like this match, I saw he was more babyface, but Speedball, he's kind of more of the heel. So he's kind of playing on both sides of heel and faces, and I would like to see. Of course, it's still very, very early in his career that I've seen him on as well, but I would like to see the character progression um, lead towards, hey, I'm going to be more of a baby face. I want the crowd behind me. I want their um, enthusiasm and cheers to get me through the matches or, hey, I don't need you guys. I know what I can do in the ring. I don't need you to help me win the match and kind of go full on heel. I want to see yep. which side of the fence he goes on. And as I said earlier, like him doing really his first promo and mic work that I've seen. I want to see some more mic work. And as we kind of talk about with the promos, we want to see more promos about the why, not the who or the what. We want to see more about the why and dive deep, uh, get a deeper dive into their character progressions and why they are doing what they are doing to yeah. a wrestler or actions. I just want to see more character progressions in the, uh, in the GCW, JCW setting. For the seventh match of the evening, we have Akira, a.k.a. Mr. Jones, going against Janai Kai. And Janai Kai is accusing Akira of being a fake samurai. Um, Effie, I know when he hopped on, like he wanted to try to get Janai Kai's name right. He go, he asked her if her name was Janai Kai or Janai Kai, and you could see her kind of, <laughs> kind of get offended by it. She looked pretty mad that... Effie would even question it, but Effie has a good excuse. And this was a nice little behind the scenes tidbit that I, I liked hearing was Effie kind of admitted this was his first time really seeing her in a match, even though she's been on some GCW shows and JCW shows in the past. This might be his way of saying like his first time actually watching one of her matches live and yeah. in person. So it was a fun little tidbit there. And you get to see the seriousness and the scariness of Janai Kai as she just shot darts at Effie as he's asking this question. But of course it is Janai Kai. Um, Effie then questions Akira and asks uh, how, he how, how he plans to defend himself in this trial. And Akira says his lawyer isn't there yet, so he will defend himself <laughs> in trial by combat he guesses and he says it that way too um effie then questions him going against a black belt in janai kai and the match starts and it was a uh solid striking match uh john do you have anything to add to the match uh yes okay so a very straightforward match a lot of this i think was wrapped around janai it was 10 minutes lots of kicks Lots of throws from both sides. Akira, of course, is going to have his holds and his moves. Uh, true fight, really. I mean, these two really were putting in a lot of work overall. It was just not a Mr. Splash here, a dive out of the ring there, brawl into the crowd kind of thing. It really was. I, I still say it was really just wrapped around her. I really do want to say, though, that when it comes to Akira, Mr. Jones... Uh, he has been doing a wonderful job of putting in work uh, recently. I've seen him everywhere. I know I was talking about this on a previous show about Billy Starks and about Mathers. He's another one where for these last, probably the last month, I see Akira everywhere. And I think he's really putting in the work and I, I do have to respect that. And the only other thing I will say that I think is cool that I've never mentioned about Akira is 
this time for sure i've noticed that he has a bad news bears uh, baseball jersey on and for me i was kind of raised in that era where the bad news bears was on uh, was a movie on hbo at one time so i really thought that was cool yes that was a nice little call back and uh throw back to how he went he uh considered himself a bad news bear uh bear sorry i remember he made a comment i forgot where i've seen it maybe it was on twitter like someone brought up about the jersey before and he made that comment as like hey i like repping the bad news bears if it wasn't for wrestling i might be in that position kind of thing so it's mm-hmm. a cool little him cool little way of him acknowledging that wrestling is uh his life and is kind of saving him and moving his life towards a better direction. Uh, this was a strike fest pretty much back and forth. It was a very good way of both wrestlers to demonstrate their martial arts prowess. And it yes. added a little different version of GCW a match. Cause like you said, we normally see the high flying spots. We always see the death match spots. We see the technical stuff. We see the crazy Matthew justice jumping off a, uh, roof somewhere and mm-hmm. fire spots this was nice seeing a martial arts kind of uh match and going back and forth and both of them showed like of course Janaikai is a black belt and akira considers himself the i think he calls himself the death samurai not just the samurai if i am mm-hmm. not mistaken but he is mostly a striker mostly a death match wrestler but and Certain elements in GCW, he's been showing his his groundwork and how much better he's going there. And as you said, in other promotions, I've seen him work uh, kind of showcasing more of, hey, I'm not just a striker, deathmatch wrestler, wrestler. I can actually wrestle, check out my mat work. And I know he kind of prides himself on not moving away from the deathmatch wrestler because that's what he's always going to be known for. But mm-hmm. He loves showing off like, hey, I'm not just a one-dimensional wrestler. I am all around, and he likes showing it off, and he showed it off in this match. He likes showing it off in these other promotions that he works for as well. Yeah, the two things I'll take away for sure is that the last month he hasn't been focusing as much on death matches as he was heavier, let's just say, like, earlier this year. And then second... I'm I'm actually watching the match down here in the bottom as it's all going on. There's actually more. Um, Akira was just getting the shit kicked out of him by Denai the whole time. I was really I'm really just now looking at it and I'm seeing it now. Um, wow, what a this was actually really punishing. I, I guess I didn't give enough credit to the fact that Akira was just eating shots left and right here. Yes, that's that's really all I have to say about this match was it was a little more hard hitting than I thought, but overall, yeah, it stayed on the ground. And, um, Oh, what I will say about this was there was nothing else like it on the show. Yeah. Like you said, or like I was saying before, this got to demonstrate a more martial arts style match than a technical high flippy death match kind of style. Um, Janai Kai during this match is pretty funny. Akira is going for a kick on her and he kicks her like maybe once or twice. And then like as he's in motion to kick his third kick, uh, Janai calls for an objection. And he asks, <laughs> what are you objecting? And Janai uh, accuses Akira's kicks of not being up to par of a samurai. So then Effie uh, orders Akira to kick uh, Janai harder. And then you see kind of akira going okay i'm gonna kick you harder but he got like one or two good kicks in and then janai kai once again took over and started kicking the living shit out of him on the ground so the match keeps on going 
and then Masha shows up uh, surprisingly and kind of mid near the end of the match and shows up as Akira's lawyer and gives ev- uh, some evidence to Effie, which was just like, I think a show poster, eight by 10 show poster. <laughs> and on the back is some handwritten uh, evidence, of course, I guess, of Masha proving to Effie that Akira really is a samurai. But because she was late to the trial, Effie demands that the match continue as he looks over the evidence. Uh, Akira then picks up a victory as he hits a kind of a reverse cradle DDT onto Denai Kai. And Akira gets his first GCW victory, and I believe it's ever. Not not just this year, I believe it's ever. So Akira finally breaking into the GCW uh, win column. The court rules then Akira is a real samurai. Janai Kai then gets mad and blames the loss on the distraction on Masha Slamovich, which was kind of a nice little lead up to later on that evening at the JCW show where Janai Kai had a little matchup with Masha Slamovich. And uh, Akira then on one of the funnier lines I thought of the night, maybe I'm just immature and thought it was hilarious, but it was funny. Akira then, as Janai Kai is crying about the distraction and her losing because of that, kind of runs by Janai Kai, takes the mic and goes, ha ha, at least I got a girlfriend, or at least I got a lawyer, and then ran away. And I took it like a Freudian slip. I thought it was like, hey, you know, it's kind of funny when kids go up to each other, I got a girlfriend, you don't, and then runs away yep, laughing. Yep. Like, that's how I took from it. It was pretty funny, Akira, enjoying his first victory and using Masha Slamovich as a distraction, albeit maybe unintentionally, to pick up his first GCW victory, but then also kind of rubbed it in Janaika's face, like, haha, I got a lawyer, bye-bye. So that was a fun way, I thought, to end that match. In the co-main event of GCW Settlement Series Part 1, we had Mr. Grimace Reefer, a.k.a. Grim Reefer, going up against Declan Grant. And the court case is about Grant declares that uh, Grim Reefer is a pothead. Effie says this trial smells skunky. Effie tells the ref to check out uh, Declan Grant, see if he has any paraphernalia on him. The ref finds a blunt. Effie then calls it a adult jazz cigarette, which I've never heard it called that before. And had I <laughs> before this podcast, I actually even I was like, what did I write in my notes? And I had to go back and uh, figure out what I wrote. But yeah, he calls the cigarette an adult jazz cigarette, which I've never heard of before. <laughs> uh, Effie then asks the ref to check Grim Reefer. Reefer, uh, the referee finds a jar of buds in Reefer's uh, trunks, which was pretty funny seeing him carry that whole jar out there. <laughs> Effie then asks fans, Mittens, uh, Mittens was in attendance, and he asks Mittens to bring the jar to him to the judges' table, and they're going to check out the evidence as the match was going on. So this was a best out of seven match. It was a nice little match for Grim Reefer and uh, Declan Grant to try to get seven falls in um, a quick order because they still had the main event to go on. But this was a nice little fun match. Uh, what do you have to take away from it, John? Um, absolutely the same thing you'd have to say. A nice little fun match. It ran six and a half minutes. It was just comedy. It was just laughs in between. You know, Reefer's doing his thing, which everybody who loves Reefer, they know exactly what they're getting out of this. Um, some of the people in my family that end up watching it half the time, they're just waiting for when he smokes because it's just his thing. And it's so funny half the time. And sometimes we just want to see how the guy he's fighting reacts to the smoking too. 
But overall in this one, we're looking at Reefer. He, well, it was best out of seven. So we had Reefer came out with the first two wins. So we're looking at two nothing Reefer. Then Grant comes out with a quick win. That was two one. Reefer basically came back real quick after that. Three one for Reefer. Grant with a perfect driver. That now puts us at three to two. Then Reefer starts doing his smoking, which we were talking about, and eventually taps out Grant for that fourth win. So that makes um, that makes Reefer our winner for the best of seven series. There was a lot more going on after that. I'm going to kind of let that go over to you, but I will say that when it came to this kind of a match, it was what GCW does. It was a nice short match. It was a beautiful setup to that main event. Yes, and it gave the main event some room to breathe. It gave the fans yes. a nice little, like, hey, we're not going to wire you guys out before a main event. We want you guys all hyped up. So this was, like as you said, a great short little comedy match before the main event. Um, going back to how Reefer got the victory on that fourth fall, I loved how after Declan hit the perfect driver on Reefer, Reefer then grabs a blunt that was not found by the ref originally, <laughs> decides to smoke it mid-match, or yeah, mid-match after that uh, fifth ball from Declan, and he kind of, instead of hulks up, I was I wrote it in my notes. He weeded up. He smoked the yeah, smoked yeah. the weed and decided to hulk up like how Hulk Hogan used to, and that kind of helped. Uh, uh, Effie, I almost said Effie. Uh, Reefer pick up the victory, and he picked up his fourth win with a sharpshooter onto Declan. And at the end of the match, Effie says that as long as he shares uh, the weed, uh, talking to Reefer, that he will declare Reefer the winner, and he orders Declan to go back to jail. Uh, Reefer then thanks the weed for the power to win. Effie then, as the judge, uh, declares that the weed that weed is now legal for everyone. Super kicks are still bad, and Alley Catch needs a new gavel. So that was his orderings <laughs> there. Um, they then start uh, wishing Nick Wayne a happy birthday, and they also thank Jordan Castle. And they kept on calling him Lou Ellen. I maybe missed that, but I remember they kept on saying Lou Ellen instead of referring to Jordan as that. So maybe that's a goes back to a Law and Order character or something like that. But they thanked uh, him for doing a great job in the ring and helping keep order in the court. As we heard a couple, I, mean, I might have skipped by it, but a couple different times, uh, especially during like the grandma sandwich chant, there was a uh, Effie and Allie declared the court was out of order and it was mm -hmm. the fans just chanting and causing some ruckus and the, the Allie mm -hmm. catch banging the gavel trying to get uh, the court back in the order and stuff like that. So it's kind of funny uh, seeing how Alley Cat now has to get a new gavel because she broke it trying to get order in the court. <laughs> yeah, Grant called the judicial system here bullshit. So I thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yes, that was a fun way to end the co-main event, and that leads us right up into our main event of the evening, which is Yo-Yo yes. Gibson. I hate calling him Yo-Yo because I feel it's disrespectful, even though I don't think they mean it disrespectful, but it is Yo-Yo, <laughs> a.k.a. Yo-Yo Gibson, going against Charles Mason. What were your thoughts on this match, John? Well, I thought it was funny right off the bat that Yo-Yo was calling Mason a murderer. I don't know how much you know, but what's going on there, but... Uh... Let's see. And then Judge Affy actually asked, he says, do they call you a yo-yo because you can drop it and bring it back <laughs> up? And that got, you know, a great response from everyone. I think that the old yo-yo there, I think that he's being lovingly teased 
I think that he's really uh, accepted backstage. He's really getting great matches uh, week after week, or at least when it's on TV. They always seem to put him towards the forefront. We were talking even a couple shows ago. When he's in a scramble, if he's not winning, he's still a good portion of the focus. Yes. So, I mean, it was really nice to see him main event a show. It's very rare to see someone like Yoya main event any show. I mean, that was one of the most enjoyable parts for me. Yes, and uh, going back to calling Charles Mason a murderer, uh, he's damn well right there, <laughs> almost being a murderer as he tried strangling the lead singer from Weedis a couple times. We've seen him put the plastic bag over um, Everett Connor's face, and he uses that bag to try to asphyxiate his opponents and mm-hmm. pretty much damn well, might as well become a murderer since he always using uh those dirty and very crazy and desperate tactics to uh get the advantage over his opponents and i honestly don't even think charles mason half the time cares about winning as much as it is inflicting as much pain and suffering to his opponents as he is an elitist he calls himself the elitist he's better than everybody he has more money than everybody so mm-hmm. i think maybe that's why yoya called him a murderer but also if you look at charles mason especially when he's asphyxiating and he's got the bag over these people's faces and um i don't know i can't remember if it was this show i believe it was this show he actually put in uh yoya in a full-on trash bag even so yes it's it's just interesting seeing the pleasure that it gives charles mason murdering and putting these uh other performers and wrestlers in pain yeah mason is a great heel i've (laughs) every time i see him I love him. I'm a big fan of, like I said, the spoiler style heel. That's something that I'd like to talk about further at some point where GFC, GFC, wow, (laughs) GCW, I was thinking of another company at the same time here, but uh, GCW really does need a spoiler heel. I would like to see someone like Titus Alexander or maybe even Mr. Mason there uh, show up in the spot and really... um, gather the heel heat that really isn't around the company right now. I know Deppin's one of those people that he likes to do heel stuff, but again, we've talked about this to where if he does something, we're more or less, we're kind of laughing. Ha ha. He knocked his hat off, you know? So that's where, that's where I just wanted to at least say just for a moment that really uh, Mason, I love him. I love the little spoiler stuff that he does where, you know, the kick in the nuts when the official got knocked down, little things like that. So, I mean, that, that, that's that's probably most of what I can say was I really like the feel-good aspect of them giving Yoya the stage uh, and center stage, for that matter, and then being able to see Mason in the GCW ring because I think he's got the GCW attitude, and it's just a matter of time before I think I'd like to see him come on full-time, honestly. That's where I'm, that's where I'm hitting at. Yes, and I think he's on a different level, as we were saying about him being a heel, where yes. we all consider Tony Deppin a quote-unquote heel, but because he's been representing GCW so long, where we saw how quickly he can become a face, especially going against like a John Moxley, where, yes, everybody hates him, but he's still so good in the ring, and mm-hmm. he puts the wrestlers over all the time, where there's still a lovable and redeemable quality, even though it might be deep, deep down inside Tony, where we have found it, where we could have a heart for him and root for him. Whereas in Charles Mason, I don't see him doing anything possible to get the GC, 
W crowd behind him. He is just sadistic. He's always doing these outrageous, like I always go back to the bag over the heads. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Now he likes to use that piano wire on like the little, like, yes. Yeah. He uses that now to strangle his uh, opponents. And I don't see him <laughs> being loved by anybody uh anytime soon and i think as you said it might be a good time for gcw to kind of fill a little void they've kind of have little right now of everybody hates them we've had gcw people in the past uh groups in the past be absolutely hated no matter what they did on the card even Mm -hmm. though they were Mm -hmm. as you call them the spoilers they would always come out and spoil big moments for fan favorites and charles mason is I think filling that void, albeit on a little smaller scale in JCW more, we're starting yeah. to see it a little bit more in the GCW setting as he's done it to Everett Connors and he's done it now most uh, recently to Spider Nate Webb, which is obviously one of those fun, lovable faces that the GCW crowd loves. Yeah, I think right now what's going on with Mason is he's only going to get smarter, which means his character is only going to develop further, which means he's going to get more heat and become an even better heel in time. I think it's only a matter of time before he just gets picked up by someone major. I really do mean that he's such a great antagonist. Uh, I couldn't find him going anywhere, but up from here, he's too damn good, even at this level, uh, to not go forward Yes, go higher. He's got a bright future and like... <laughs> We uh, seems like every episode we're either talking about the same quote unquote pillars that GCW has and young talent. And it seems like every show they put on, there's another mm-hmm. person we could put in that discussion. So I love seeing the new talent. I love seeing the young talent and them getting the platform on GCW, JCW and really living up to expectations and, Raised in the bar on their actions and stuff like that. So Charles Mason, we could just add that to the Jordan Oliver, the Nick Waynes, the Axon Rays, as I've said in in the past. And now we can just add in, it might not be a face of a company that you want as the most biggest asshole being being a pillar of it, but you could absolutely build around all the lovable faces, the Jordan Oliver is going against Mm -hmm. Mason, the Nick Wayne's getting choked out by Mason. Like Mm -hmm. they got a lot of stuff that they could do in the future with their quote unquote young pillars. And I just can't wait to see it all unfold over these next couple of weeks, months, hopefully years that GCW is going. They got a nice strong core and I just like to see them keep on chugging along. Uh, So this match pretty much ends up, uh, as you said, Mason, the official gets knocked down. Mason ends up kicking Yoya in the nuts. Uh, and put him in a headlock and yo-yo, yo-ya taps uh-huh. and uh, yep. gets the victory. But of course, Mason being the asshole that he is, keeps the choke on, keeps the attack going on yo-ya. And we see Effie and Ali enter the ring to help uh, yo-ya and help save him from one Charles Mason. And of course, like I said, you can see as Charles Mason pretty much inflicted his damage as he cowards to the back and he gets to walk backwards and looks at the ring and sees the damage that he calls. You see the sadistic, I don't know if it turns him on, what? But you get to see that look in his eyes where, hey, I did that. I This is what gets mm-hmm. me going. This is what keeps me motivated and keeps me coming back and doing that damage to these wrestlers. Enjoyment is the word we're looking for there. Yes, enjoyment. He, he enjoys it. All right, so that wraps up the Settlement Series Part 1. Now we're going to go on to more of the memorable moments of the show. So one of the first things that I wanted to kind of talk about was this discovery phase that kind of happened at the start of the show there. It was the feature of two two matches, 
Both of them had strong, fast, primarily younger guys that were starting off the show. I think that both of them were a great one-two punch opener. I also wanted to mention happy birthday to Nick Wayne. I thought that was really cool to kind of do a little sing-along. I think the fans loved it. I think Nick was just a touch embarrassed. That was kind of cool. The only other thing I wanted to mention, and I hand it over to you, would be the fact that I'm a big Haas fan, so Big Vin putting down the pain. Loved watching that, man. Yeah, the discovery phase, I my memorable moments for the discovery phase was awesome seeing Nick Wayne and Dylan McKay getting some time one-on-one. I don't think I've ever seen them go one-on-one, so I was kind of interested seeing how that goes because I'm a fan of Dylan McKay as well as Nick Wayne, even though I've seen more Nick Wayne than Dylan McKay. Every time yes. I see Dylan McKay on a card, like at that backyard show, I was like, okay, I know he's going to do something crazy at this show. And <laughs> I, I look forward to watching Dylan McKay matches and him going against Nick Wayne was awesome. And I thought the wording of how this was kind of like GCW kind of making not fun of themselves, but like, Hey, we got ourselves in this situation. We got to do eight more shows with IWTV uh making it all court based i loved and then having yes. this being the discovery phase of the trial and having it being hey we're gonna put two young two young wrestlers on that we want to be discovered more in dylan mckay and nick wayne i thought that was an awesome way to start off the show and kind of went into how they planned the rest of the night which was i thought pretty interesting and very cool way to have a court settlement series show mm-hmm. and have the discovery phase and discovering uh the talents it was also cool seeing big vin get some more ring time in after all the hard work that he does set yes. everything up and behind the scenes that he does for the GCW crew. Yeah. You almost feel like somebody who's working their ass off is getting theirs. That's yeah. kind of nice. Uh, Brandon using the goldfish as a way to get into Scott's head, Steve Scott's head. That was, <laughs> that was kind of fun. Uh, the crowd cheering for the ref to get back into the ring. I know these are kind of like small things, but for me, they matter. It makes it fun to sit there and watch the crowd go, Oh, you know, yes. I really like that. I wanted to also mention as a highlight right off the bat, and this is the only person I'm going to do it to, but Marcus, Marcus's moveset, his super cuts, haircut, all of it was just really entertaining front to back. It was just really a treat to see him. Yeah. And during the trial phase, my favorite moments was Effie, just really the entire show. Effie was much, much, must see TV. Easy for me to say. Must see mm-hmm. TV for me because every time that camera, like that special camera you were talking about, was on Effie and Allie, like I was like, what are they going to say? And like, Allie did a very good job. She was just kind of piggybacking off of Effie, I thought, but she had some very funny uh, moments as a judge, but I think the more memorable moments to me was Effie and like yeah. Effie calling Axton, like saying, Hey, he is thick and he is fine. Like I said, that was the <laughs> highlight for me of the night. Uh, Axton cut the little promo on grandma's sandwich was awesome. Yes. Seeing. Um, I love seeing the objections. I love seeing the, the way they structured these matches. It wasn't a typical ring the bell, bell to bell match. I love, the objections in the middle because it add more mm-hmm. storytelling to hey why are these two fighting and like we said we always are saying the why the why the why they yeah. did all the why's here like hey why are these two fighting oh okay here we go even it might be as silly as hey brandon Catal, sorry brandon kirk brandon Catal watching um steve scott's house and the goldfish dying under brandon's watch it might be silly but it gave a reason to why these two would want to fight each other so i had a lot that was yes. a, very fun way of introducing these matches, the objections during the match and pausing the matches and getting Effie's approval on objections. I thought that was a good tie-in to this whole court setting and court yeah. show that they did. Um, and then at the end, you kind of got some after uh, 
after match promos, which we don't see often in any promotion, but mm-hmm. it was fun seeing them kind of bring that back to when we used to see it back in the day. Remember Nitro, Gene Okerlund, after yes. someone's match, talking about how they feel after the match. So I thought that was a cool way of paying homage to the past presentations, but also at the end of court shows when you're watching Judge Judy, right after the verdicts announced, they interview the plaintiff and the defendant to get their thoughts. Yes. So I thought that was a fun way of incorporating wrestling callbacks to a judge and courtroom setting and yeah those are like my big takeaways was effie killed it effie i believe was the star of the show uh axon ray's sandwich and just a fun presentation of it like i said we even know that this, this was like two back-to-back fun shows that gcw did with the backyard wrestling and now this one they mm-hmm. show their range of hey we could do a death match tournament one night and show you all the death matches we could have a normal card at ukrainian cultural center and put on crazy lucha technical high flying whatever you want to see matches or we could do our little comedy and entertain our fans and entertain ourselves because you can see the inner the wrestlers while they're performing we're having fun with it as well so i think it was a nice change of pace for them considering probably their hectic schedule that they got coming up yeah i uh i wanted to mention only because it's kind of funny that grandma's sandwich got a standing chant we're talking people got out of their seats got loud and started chanting for grandma and grandma's sandwich i thought that was so cool yes like you see like in the middle like what i I, right when you said that, the first image that came to my mind was like AW first time seeing Kenny Omega and Daniel, Bri- sorry, Brian Danielson face off each other. Bef- the bell rang before anybody moved towards each other. You just see the fans getting so excited, so hyped yep. up, and they stood up and started clapping before the match even started. Yes. This match had the same way, except it's about Grandma Sandwich. So I think that yeah. like, goes back to a point I was making earlier with Axon Ray promo. Like if he could get a sandwich over in that short amount of time, even though, yes, it's a comedy skit, I would like to see what he does character wise and a more realistic and one on one. Hey, I got a promo against you, Effie, or I got a promo against you, Cole Radrick. I want to see how he does in a more realistic promo and building up hype and anticipation for the matches as well. Mm. And I also want to mention here that's kind of important for a lot of the fans. Effie legalized all weed. So Judge Effie's making sure that in the states where it doesn't pass, that it's now passable. So if anything happens, just remember, Judge Effie gave it the okay. Uh, The only other thing I wanted to wrap up on this one was the fact that I expected very little from this entire show. I walked into it on a Sunday morning, just kind of like, you know what, it's just going to give me something to watch. I was looking at the fact that, you know, they had everything for the show written just on a basic I wouldn't say a word pad it's the uh I'm trying to think of what it's called but I mean it was there was no money put into the the actual promo of anything I mean you just see somebody's name written on you know a simple little word pad thing so I absolutely expected nothing and I came away from this way more entertained than I expected I want to just say that I think uh I need to give way more credit as much as I, uh, as much as I can credit to GCW for having so much creativity. Yes. I a thousand percent agree. Like when they first announced this, I was kind of interested to see of how it would play along considering the relationship of GCW and IWTV and right away. Okay. The first graphics put out on social media, as you said, was on Microsoft paint and a little 10 year old, my son over here could sit there and probably draw these names and wrestlers and announce their matches. It was 
totally different presentation on what we normally get from GCW social media. And when they announce these wrestlers, you got the awesome background, the graphics, the font, everything, everything on that. Just like, hey, come to this show, come to the show. And yes. then you get this one for the settlement series. And it is on like Word. It looked like somebody did it on an Etch-A-Sketch. It was not highly... Uh, high quality in the production scheme and i was kind of like okay so they're gonna kind of mail it in during this and as i know we were talking before like i think it was a day of or that night prior we were saying hey when we do a podcast we're going to have to cover this because it is a gcw settlement but we'll just kind of quickly go over it and then we'll just really cover the actual what we thought was the gcw show because it had more gcw talent on it which was the jcw great birthday ba- great american birthday batch that they did right after filming this and and right away after watching it, I I sent you a text on Twitter. I'm like, hey, I think this is going to be a lot more entertaining to cover on a podcast. And I hope we kind of brought that entertainment to you guys and you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. But as you said, my expectations were low and within mm-hmm. the first hour, as soon as they brought Effie out and I saw Nick Wayne and Dylan McCade start off, I was like, okay, it's good. But once yes. Effie came out and they did changed it from discovery to trial phase i thought that's where it picked up and i like i said this was a more entertaining show for on my end as well yeah i i anticipated you know a dollar chicken sandwich and i ended up coming across with a big old meal yep and we were just saying too (laughs) gcw does a pretty very well job of making chicken shit into chicken salad and it was like i said I, i was very entertained and I'm glad we did a podcast on this show, like how we just did now, because we planned on just kind of briefly covering it and really going deep into the JCW show. But yes, uh, we will definitely be covering on our next episode, the JCW uh, Great American Birthday Bash. We will be covering that in its entirety. And um, I know it's not under the GCW banner, but we feel we still uh, treated it as the GCW show as more of the GCW talent was on this card as well. So on our next episode, we will be covering the Great American Birthday Bash, and that will probably be out at some point, hopefully maybe this weekend if we have time, because I know we're still playing catch up. And then after that show, we have Back to the Bay and No Signal in the Hills Part 2, and we will be all caught up before hopefully GCW goes on trial again, where it's GCW <laughs> versus the people in Nashville. So uh, anything else you want to add before we close it out here, John? No, absolutely not. I'm just really happy. I was super entertained and uh, it's just another fine podcast. Yes. And for those of you who have not watched the show, I would highly suggest hopping on, looking, uh, looking it up on IWTV, check it out. Cause it was very entertaining and if you're looking for a gcw uh event that has a little different side of gcw please go check this out uh that was a fun fun podcast john um thank you again for joining us again yeah we will thank you thank you we will be uh like i said <laughs> posting on the great american birthday best the jcw show some point this week hopefully if not we will be guaranteed i'm putting my stamp on it we will be caught up on GCW shows before GCW once again goes on trial at GCW 
versus the people uh, in Nashville next weekend. Absolutely, man. We'll get that stuff out to everybody. We just want to make sure that everybody gets the content on each and every show as we say we're going to. Yes. And to kind of toot our own horn a little bit, I'll do it on our behalf. But uh, thank you all. We did finally reach, not finally, but I think it's a big number for us. Uh, Less than a month in of these podcasts. This is what, number eight uh, podcasts. We have reached a uh, hundred downloads. So everyone that is out there and listening, please know that we are thankful. We are very appreciative. Yes. Thank you. Um, yes, thank you very much. It was very nice uh, seeing that number during one of our uh, doing the podcast. Um, so thank you all for that. We will. I have updated the YouTube a little bit more. Yes, it's still an audio form. We're still just trying to get some little fixes here and there, but we will be doing some live versions of our podcast on youtube as well as possibly other platforms as well where Mm -hmm. you guys will be able to hop in the chat ask us questions um please keep giving us the feedback on social media on the youtube anything you see positive or negative that we are doing if there's something you want to see more of please let us know if there's something we need to fix we know we ain't perfect we will make sure we fix these (laughs) just fans and we will just fans man we will address our uh, shortcomings as podcasters, as beginning podcasters, <laughs> as we should say. But we're going to keep this train rolling. We are having lots of fun doing this, and it's for you guys. We're just trying to get some more GCW fans like me and John out there, more aware of the product, and help spread the GCW fan base to more casual wrestling fans, as I believe, especially with all the stuff going on in the wrestling world nowadays, I believe mm-hmm. GCW is consistently putting out the best product putting out the more entertaining product especially if you show up in person and yes, the yes. broadcast quality is uh, improving as well on Fight TV and if you're not able to go to a live show please check them out on Fight, Fight TV or if you're interested in seeing what happens in the next seven parts of this settlement series please sign up for IWTV and uh, watch the settlement series as well as some old, uh, older GCW shows are on that platform as well yes but, um, Thank you all again. Please leave us feedback. Um, my social media on Twitter is Mystical Jericho. Like I always say, it might be easier just to type in GCW Plant Podcast as my name will pop up off to the side of that as well. Um, John, they can still find you at John and J. Wolf. Is that correct? Did I get it right for once? Yeah, John J. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so the only thing I want to kind of wrap it up with was uh, long live GCW. <laughs> <laughs>